You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseyone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbarb. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel Casino, right downtown Las Vegas, right off of Fremont Street. And this, of course, is our time to talk about professional hockey. So Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from that Beautiful palatial estate out in Southern California where it's probably uh, 68 degrees, something like that right now. Rob, how are you? I am well, Scott. It's actually a balmy 77 degrees in Culver City, so a little warmer. warmer. (laughs) (laughs) That's too much. That is too much when I'm talking about a cool day of 99 today. Hey, at least it's not triple digits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> small, small victories. <laughs> Let's say that. Okay, so tonight we've tried this for a couple of weeks and we had some guests on. So tonight, tonight that we're going to go through the AHL Pacific Division. We're going to talk about the schedule, highlight some of the things that are going on for different uh, teams in our coverage area. Um, before we jump into that, any other news that you want to bring out about uh, AHL hockey in the Pacific Division, other than the fact that the rosters have changed up everywhere and the players' signings continue? They do. But let, let's talk about a uh, front office. Uh, the San Jose Barracuda Vice President, Governor John Gustafson, won the Thomas Eyebright Award in recognition of career contributions to the AHL. So I just wanted to, since we'll talk about Coaches, players, let's talk about the front office first. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, the Stockton Flames, they re-signed two players. One is Matthew Phillips and the other is Luke Philippe to one-year, two-way contracts. Uh, then staying with the Stockton Heat, they added to their coaching staff today. Uh, actually, it's fresh off the uh, presses. They added today Don Knockbauer and uh, as a, as a uh, video coach and Cole Schultz as the uh, to the team's coaching staff, they join Mitch Love, Joe Sorella, and Thomas Spear. Uh, so that takes care of two of the Flames news. And then the Ducks, they resign All Star Josh Mahura, M H U R A. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But the first year is a two way contract, the second year is only a one way contract. 
So that's uh, interesting news there. And then the Oilers, they re-signed two people, their net miner, Stuart Skinner, who had a tremendous year last year. Uh, he has a two-year, two-way contract. And the Oilers, Inc., uh, Brendan Perlini, to a one-year, uh, two-way contract. Yeah, and everybody here in, in uh, Arizona will know Brendan Perlini as uh, a guy that uh, everybody thought was going to be a mainstay with the Arizona Coyotes. And wow, how that changed quickly. Yeah, he was he was expected to. Uh, I mean, he was a former first round draft choice. He was supposed to come in and compete right away, uh, and for whatever reason, didn't get the opportunity. And when he did, didn't perform. And then uh, was shipped out. And you know, it's just another one of those first round high first round. I mean, he was the twelfth overall pick uh, that year. So uh, you know, let's see if he can resurrect his career with the uh, with the Oilers uh, minor league team. You know, and that's really what the AHL is about. It's about developing players, but also giving guys an opportunity, a change of scenery, if you will, and giving the chance to uh, uh, be in a new spot and uh, resurrect your career, if you will. Um, similar to Jordan Gross, a uh, former uh, Tucson Roadrunner and a guy that was going to get people thought, a lot of people thought, a lot of time with the Arizona Coyotes is now part of the Colorado organization and uh, has signed a contract with the Eagles. So, um, you know, Rob, I should know better than this, but, but just call me ignorant or something <laughs> because, <laughs> because when I look at, uh, what's going on in the AHL, I don't know that I've ever seen this much transition of players. Um, and, and maybe it's cause I focus a lot more on, on the, uh, Pacific division right now, but man, oh man, there are guys that were in Henderson last season that are in. San Diego this season and San Diego players that are in Bakersfield, Bakersfield people that are in Ontario. I mean, they just move around like crazy. Is that, is that what you've seen too, or is it just me? Oh, no, no. It's definitely happening. And I think part of it was with the expansion draft, you get a lot of players left unprotected and then they become free agents and then they just are free to sign elsewhere. So I think a lot of that had to do with the uh, expansion draft for the Kraken. And then it's that trickle down effect. I mean, even though Palm Springs isn't coming to Palm Springs for a couple of years, they still had to fill out half a roster for Charlotte. So there were guys that moved there. But it's interesting to see how they stayed in the Pacific Division instead of moving to a different division. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and another player from, from Henderson that went to Colorado and signed with the Avalanche is Dylan Sakura, who had a, a great uh, a season last year for the Henderson Silver Knights in their inaugural year. And uh, Stefan Matei actually also signed um, with the Eagles, so um, it's going to be it's going to be like the first day of school, where you put the uh, the names on on everybody and you say, <laughs> "Welcome back. Who are you?" Right? Exactly. You have the name tags. You're like, "Hi, I'm Rob Rothbard. Who are you?" <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be exactly like that. <laughs> that is exactly it. Okay, so um, when we start talking schedules. Um, there's no way that we can go through it all. I don't even know if we get through all 10 teams tonight, but, but we'll try. So we'll try to do some interaction and uh, see first and foremost where they're starting um, and where they're um, finishing and then highlight things in between. So um, fire away. You want to start first? Take whoever you want to start with, Rob. Uh, I just have my order. It's kind of interesting. I did 
We're getting a little choppiness. If you, if you want to try to adjust yourself there, I'm not hearing complete sentences, <laughs> so I'm not sure what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. There, I heard something. I heard paper. It's coming in and out. I'm sorry. Uh, so. Okay, now you're coming in a little bit better. And I lost you. Okay, uh, let's let's see if we can get Rob a better connection. In the meantime, um, I will start with the Colorado Eagles, who will open at home this season uh, in uh, that beautiful facility up in Loveland, Colorado, the Budweiser Event Center. They will open with the San Jose Barracuda on Friday, October 22nd, Saturday, October 23rd. Um, then they will immediately jump out on the road for a little bit. They're going to take off and play at Bakersfield, at uh, San Jose, and at Stockton before uh, returning home in November. So uh, a little home cooking and a little bit of road cooking, if you will, for the uh, the Colorado Eagles. But they're used to it. They, they've been through this thing before, so... They'll, uh, they'll handle it without any issues. Um, as they roll through the season, it's a typical uh, schedule, I think, for, uh, for most of what you would expect in the Pacific Division. They, uh, they will highlight a uh, home series on February 19th and 20th with the Abbotsford Canucks, the newest uh, affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks out here in the West in the Pacific Division. They also, will, the next weekend, they'll play the Milwaukee Admirals. So we don't get to see a lot of teams from the East or the Central uh, too often. So it's great to have the, the Milwaukee Admirals coming out in February. Um, and then they're going to go through the season, and they're going to wrap up um, with a three-game set, uh, April 20th, April 22nd, April 23rd, uh, at home against the Ontario Reign. I, I can hear something. Rob, can you hear me? I can hear you. Ah, oh, you're back I, I, loud and I clear right now. Me. Okay, yeah, good, you're, because you're back. My, head, my headset broke today earlier, so I was trying a new headset. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it sounds good now, whatever you're doing. Okay, good, good. Uh, but I uh, I did hear everything you talked about, about the Colorado Golden Eagles. Uh, if you want me to uh, hit the uh, the Bakersfield Condors again, we'll, we'll try to take two on that. Uh, Let's give so, it a shot. Well, okay, so what I found the most interesting was that the, for the first four months of the season, they have four home games in the month. Then the last oh my three goodness. months, then the last three months, they have six home games each month. So that's the first thing that, that really jumped out at me when I was breaking out the home and away and, and the games, they start with Abbotsford. You you talked about the golden Eagles playing across Abbotsford's new to the Pacific division. So that's Vancouver's uh, minor league AHL affiliate. So they open with, with Abbotsford. So they'll get a taste of what Abbotsford brings to the table. We had uh, Luke Omer, uh, Jeff Omer on uh, talking about it. Uh, in fact, I've seen him post some stuff on Twitter from the Pacific Northwest. looks like uh, he's uh, getting uh, adjusted to the Pacific Northwest very nicely. Uh, but they end the October, the first month of the season, with back-to-back with Henderson. 
So that will be an interesting matchup when, uh, at the end of the first month of the season, they already get involved with Henderson, uh, the heavyweight. A rematch. Yep, a rematch is going to happen by the first uh, month of the season. And then in November, the first six games of of the month, uh, they alternate between uh, home and away. So it's like they don't get any type of home momentum or even get to stay on the road a little bit. They're just back and forth, back and forth. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that going into Thanksgiving with so many alternate home and away games. Uh, and then, you know, December, it's not much really exciting there happening. Honestly, they have uh, they have an away game, then they have three home games, then they have five away games, which is kind of interesting, and then they end at home. Uh, then January, they have 12 games. They have four away. This is interesting. Four away in a row, four home in a row. And then four away in a row. So that's why January breaks out. So like their schedules just seem really quirky uh, every step of the way when I was looking at it. Uh, February, just a straight six six home, four away, nothing uh, big there. March, they have nine games, six home, three away, and they end with four straight at home. And then April, they have 10 games, six home, four away. Uh, 4-13 is their last road game. So they play... Uh, all their road games basically in the beginning of the, of the month, and then they end with four straight home games. So they have a lot of home cooking at the end of the month. Okay, so let me let me ask you this and what you've seen through that. Any rhyme or reason to this? And have you seen anything uh, while you were scouring the California schedules about um, maybe trying to set up um, uh, rivalries if there is? I mean, I'm looking at Henderson's schedule right now, and it looks like the way Henderson set up, they become a natural rival like their parent uh, team, the Vegas Golden Knights with San Jose. So um, Henderson, San Jose will do battle in four of the final seven games for the Henderson uh, Silver Knights. Do you see anything of that in the California schedules or kind of hard to tell? It's You know what? It's hard to tell. I'm looking – I'm actually perusing the uh, Bakersfield schedule right now. And there, a lot of the Californians have a lot of uh, – they'll play back-to-backs, but it'll be two different opponents. So it's yeah, just, that, that, I saw that too. I saw that too. You know, like I'm looking at it here. It's in April 2nd, Condors against uh, Henderson. And then April, oh wait, uh, wait, let's uh, let's go the 6th and the 8th. They play San Jose, then they play the Colorado Golden Eagles on the 8th. So two different games, uh, two different teams, and then Colorado will stay for an extra game but two, uh, the next day. So they'll play back-to-back with the Eagles, but then uh, like San Jose after Henderson. So it's like there's really no rhyme or reason that I saw. Uh, they play Grand Rapids. That will be the, the indoctrination for Grand Rapids to play the Pacific Division. I don't think they've ever played uh, any of the division te- Pacific Division teams. So they play Friday, March 25th against Grand Rapids. So that will be interesting uh, to see a new team, uh, if you will. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh... – when I was talking about the Eagles schedule, I was looking at their home schedule, I think, because they open the season on the 15th and the 17th of October um, at Henderson. So that will be another good matchup. But uh, what we saw last year, Rob, was really a lot of competitiveness in the Pacific Division because they're the only one that really played it out to a playoff and uh, and actually crowned a Pacific Division champion, playoff champion as well. Um, and then Henderson will also get the opportunity to to visit Abbotsford uh, the 22nd and 24th of October. So, again, more more good stuff. And then, as you already said, Bakersfield 
uh, goes to Henderson on the 29th and 30th of October, which is another uh, serious uh, matchup of uh, <laughs> epic proportions when you consider what happened last year. Yep. And and it's already been announced Saturday, April 2nd, Bakersfield at Henderson. They will open and uh, play at the new Dollar Loan Center, the 6,000-seat facility up in Henderson. So from April 2nd on till the end of April, they will play home games in their new barn. Interesting. I see that right here on the uh, Bakersfield schedule, 7 o'clock at Dollar Loan. And, and that means that Henderson will have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 home games of their final 10 and they'll all be in the new Dollar Loan Center. They're going to get uh, Rockford coming in uh, April 4th and 5th. They're going to go to San Jose in the 9th and 10th, but then they have Stockton for three, and they finish with San Jose, as I said, for three. So when you look at uh, the schedule, I think that really favors Henderson, um, assuming that they can be healthy and on a roll at that time, because to be able to play in that new building, there's going to be new energy, new fans probably, um, and you're going to also have uh, – a series of home games, eight of your last 10. Well, and anytime you could get home cooking like that, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to take advantage of it. We're, we were talking about the quirkiness of the schedule. Uh, I'll give you an example. To end the season, the Condors have four straight home games. They play <laughs> Abbotsford on the 16th of April, San Jose on the 20th, the run, Roadrunners on the 22nd, and Stockton on the 23rd. Four different teams for four straight home games. Yeah, that's pretty quirky, to say the least. <laughs> that is pretty quirky, to say the least. Um, so we talked about, and one thing we should have probably started the show with that I want to bring up right now before we get too much deeper is the American Hockey League uh, announced their Calder Cup playoff format, and it's unique, to say the least. They've got their four divisions. They've got the Atlantic, the North, the Central, and the Pacific. But... Um, <sighs> It's kind of crazy. Have you seen that layout, Rob? Uh, I'm actually trying to uh, pull it up now to get well, the. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll explain. The Pacific Division is going to have uh, seven teams uh, competing uh, in the playing part of it. The Central, though, will have only five teams playing. The uh, North will only have five teams. And the Atlantic will have six teams. So it, it's strange the way that's set up i guess that's the way they had to do it um to um to, to get everybody a fair shot at, at winning the calder cup but uh first round best of three division finals best of seven uh, i'm sorry best of five division i'm sorry division semifinals best of five division finals best of five and conference finals best of seven Calder Cup Finals, of course, best of seven. So uh, a real interesting playoff format that I think everybody's looking forward to that uh, follows and plays in the uh, American Hockey League. Well, let's let's not forget to uh, point out that the first-round best of three, there's four Atlantic Division teams, two North, two Central, and one, two, three, four, six Pacific. They're the only, yeah. only division that only has a one seed. Every, the Central has a one, two, and three seed. Yeah, and the, and the North has a one, two, and three seed. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. It, it's when you talk quirkiness, we had to bring it up. And then the Atlantic has six as six teams, but they have a one and a two seed that are automatically in. Yeah, I, I I don't get the way they did this. As far as the, I mean, 
this is kind of interesting that, that the two seed has to play a best of three in the Pacific, and they're the only ones in all of uh, in all the land that has to be as a two seed have to play a, a best of three. Yeah, it's kind of punished for being in a uh, a conference with a lot of teams. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, but the good thing is, I mean, seven Pacific teams out of the not out of the nine or ten teams make the make the playoffs. So, you know, you have a good, pretty good shot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll jump into Abbotsford since they're the newest uh, guys on the block. Um, okay. They're going to open at Bakersfield uh, Saturday, October 16th, and then they go to Ontario on the 17th and 19th. So they're coming your direction, Rob, right off the get-go. You're going to see that new to. cool logo. <laughs> <laughs> then then they get Henderson at home, uh, 22nd, 24th. They get Ontario at home for the next weekend. So um, when I look at this schedule, Rob, and I look at it, you know, start to finish, it looks like there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Equality in the way they have their home. And I wonder if that's something they did to make it uh, maybe a little bit more manageable for the new team. I don't know. It just kind of looks that way to me. Like there's equal number of home and away spread out. It's not like you're going to be on the road for, for 10 games or whatever. And I think that's helpful um, when you're playing in a new division. The other thing I did see on the highlight reel was uh, Saturday, April 2nd, and Sunday, April 3rd, they're playing Laval, which is the Canadians' uh, AHL franchise. So I, I, and they also get Manitoba on the 15th and 16th. And of course, we talked to Todd Burgess not long ago, uh, the new Manitoba uh, forward. So there's a bunch of good stuff this year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how that all plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing some teams we haven't seen before, as well as the regular teams. It's going to be a, it's going to be a very competitive season. It's going to be you know there's three teams that won't make the playoffs, so they're going to be fighting to the end because nobody wants to be one of those three. Yeah, that's that's 100 percent true. Okay, so uh, that kind of brings us through Abbotsford. I'm gonna throw it out again. I love that logo. I love that Abbotsford logo. It's really cool. I'm going to have to talk to Jeff Walmer, see if we can't get one of those. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Okay. Fire away with who you got next. We need some Abbotsford gear. Uh, my, my next one is the Ontario Rain. And again, now the Rain were the last ones to put up their schedule. In fact, uh, when, we talk, when I asked you about it, I had to check to see if their schedule was up because it hadn't been up since I checked last, uh, early last week. Uh, but you want to talk about quirkiness. Uh, we have in one month only, and that's the month of December, the rain and this and the month at home. Every other month they end on the road. Wow. That's, that's gotta be tiring. <laughs> so uh, I, I would you, think, right? <laughs> so, you know, so like, like I said, you want to talk about quirkiness. We, we got quirkiness all over the place when you're talking about these schedules. It's just, it's just really crazy how, how quirky these schedules are. I've never, I've never seen so many uh, quirky things when it came to scheduling, you know, maybe you see one or two when it comes to scheduling, but it seems every team has their own quirky part of their schedule. And the, and for the rain, it seems like they, they seem to end on the road. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else you got for the rain? Anything else that's exciting on that schedule? Well, they start the season with five straight home games. And they do play against Abbotsford. So I, uh, I will be able to see Albertson and Abbotsford and that logo up close and personal. 
and then November they have they have four straight home games. Again, they end the month away. Uh, December's very quirky. They have eleven games, and eight of those games are against either Bakersfield, San Diego, or Henderson. So uh, it's three Bakersfield, three San Diego, two Henderson. So December they'll see basically three teams uh, for any length of time, and then. <laughs> And then January. That's just they, odd. With all the teams that throw are to play, that's just odd. Yeah. And then January, they play 11 games. Two against San Diego, two against uh, Stockton, two against the Henderson Silver Knights, and two against, I can't read my handwriting, uh, Tucson. They play against, that's why I couldn't read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you slid that in so so carefully. I love it. Uh, so. So that's that's the quirkiness of January, and then February they have one home game and eight away games. Again, more quirkiness to the schedule. They have uh, five straight to open the month on the road, then they have one home game, and then they have three straight to end the month on the road. And then March they actually have eight home games and three road games. They start the month with four straight home games. They have one away, and then they have three in in a row uh, right before the end of the month, and then they go away, home, away, because they have to end of the road uh, every month. That's just the way, I guess, the rain wanted it. Uh, and then April, they have nine games. Uh, but here's here's the quirkiness. Colorado, five times. They play Colorado with Golden Eagles five times out of nine games in the month of April. They start and end the month that, with the Golden that's Eagles. That's crazy. That is crazy. And then, and then they have two against San Diego and two against Stockton. So if my math is done right, that's nine games right there, correct? So they play the Colorado Golden Eagles, the right. San Diego Gulls, and the Stockton Heat in April. That's it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and April, they're going to play till the end of April most places. So, I mean, there's uh, – yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Okay, so uh, as I jump over to Tucson, I, I think you talk about quirkiness. They've got to get around their facility, which has a major gem show. It sends them out on the road for – for a long time uh, while that's going on because they take the ice out and have to put it back in. It, it's crazy. Uh, I think that's what they were doing. Maybe they'll cover it up now, but um, that, that's what they used to do is take it out, put it back in. Um, but with the uh, the Tucson Roadrunners, they're going to open again Friday, October 15th and the 16th at, at Stockton. But then we get to see the Texas Stars, which I've been waiting to see. I, I haven't seen them. Every time I wanted to see Texas, for some reason I've missed them. Uh, either in Texas or uh, out here in the Pacific Division, but they'll get them on the 23rd and 24th at the Tucson Convention Center, which is kind of cool. Um, follow that up Halloween weekend with the San Diego Gulls. And um, then when you jump all the way to April, uh, this is what I'm really looking forward to as well. Uh, they're going to play the uh, the Ice Hogs, the Rockford Ice Hogs in Tucson on April 1st and 2nd. I hope that's not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> but it, <laughs> April 1st and 2nd. Then they get the Iowa Wild, which I'm also really, really interested in. Me being a Minnesota guy, I'm interested in seeing that, that Minnesota Wild franchise affiliate, I should say. Um, and they're here on Tuesday, April 5th, and Wednesday, April 6th. So uh, one thing we know about the AHL, a lot of people said it's only a weekend, uh, but certainly Tucson plays a lot of games during the week. I mean, they'll play uh, – a Wednesday night, they're going to play on a Tuesday night. I mean, uh, they, they play any time that there's open ice or they can get ice, I guess. But um, kind of weird on that, too, when you're talking the quirkiness. 
So I guess when I look at the overall picture, Rob, I'm excited, like you said, to see the matchups, full season matchups against the Pacific Division opponents. But also I'm really excited to see these teams that are coming in. And they've done a great job with the schedule on that because they brought Rockford, they brought Lavelle, they brought, um, uh, well, they brought just about everybody, Milwaukee, all these teams coming in that we're not used to seeing. I agree. And and uh, the next team I'm going to talk about is San Diego. They play the Iowa Wild as well. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see uh, some of these new teams and some of these players that, that you kind of forgot about and then all of a sudden they'll <laughs> re- re- resurface on, on an Iowa Wild or the – or Grand Rapids, or, you know, the Toronto Marlies who, who play Abbotsford, you know, so, you know, with Abbotsford being in the Pacific now, we'll, we'll get to see them play a lot of the Canadian uh, franchises as well. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break before you jump into the Gulls, and uh, we'll get to hear from some of our partners, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll dig into the rest of the uh, Pacific Division and talk more AHL hockey with you. It's AHL all night tonight on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. 
Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, folks. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino Beautiful downtown Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas. Get there, try it out. Uh, get this new uh, this new Circa Hotel in your sights. Get over there and see the uh, Circa Sports uh, Circa Stadium swim, and uh, enjoy all of your uh, your gambling needs, all of your, uh, your fine beverages, and as well as great sports. So Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host Rob Rothfarb joining me from. Beautiful Southern California, where I understand it's balmy in 77. It's sick. <laughs> it's making me sick right now. Uh, okay, we're, we're talking AHL. We're talking AHL schedules. We've got a couple more teams to go. you got the San Diego Gulls for us next. I do. I do. And uh, the quirkiness will continue, as you will see, uh, as I show you. Uh, they have five games in October, two against Tucson, two against Ontario. Uh, and they have one home game out of those five. Uh, so they start mostly on the road, and then uh, then you go to San then you go to uh, November and they play San Jose four times in the month of November. They have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games, and four of them are against San Jose. Uh, so it's and it's and the games against San Jose are wrapped by three against Bakersfield. So it's not an easy uh, schedule at that time. Uh, and then December. They start on the road for three games, and then they end on the road for a game, and they have seven home games in between. So it's kind of interesting that they have three in a row at home, then they have seven on the road, then they have one at home. That's the way December rolls. Uh, January, they have four home games, nine away games, including four in a row, 11-18 to 11-23, and that's when they will play Abbotsford, and they also will play the Iowa Wild during the month of January. Uh, so January will be exciting to see some new teams uh, that we haven't seen before. They put the 28th and 29th of January. They are at the Iowa Wild. Uh, and then February into March, I'm going to combine. I'm going to talk about both of them because it's kind of interesting because they have four home games to start the month of uh, February. They have three away games, including two against the Silver Knights to end the month of February. But then they go into March with five straight road games. So they start March with five away. They end with three away. My math is correct. That's eight straight road games before they sleep in their own bed again. Uh, and then they do have three home games at the end of the month. But it's just interesting to see out of uh, all their out of a back-to-back schedule like that where they end the month uh, on the road, then they continue on the road. 
for another five games. So it's it's kind of interesting. So the end of February and the beginning of March could be a telltale for the San Diego Gulls. Uh, and then April. Uh, April is kind of interesting because it becomes like a little like October where they uh, have all Friday, Saturday games, except for one Wednesday game, uh, which is 420 against uh, Abbotsford. They start with two home in April and they end with three at home. Uh, so at least they get to see their uh, their own bed a little bit in April. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, uh, one thing I want to mention on Tucson, too, is that uh, Abbotsford is coming to Tucson um, over Thanksgiving, uh, Friday, November Ooh. 26th, and Saturday, November 27th, they're going to be at the Tucson Convention Center. So that will be kind of cool. And also uh, the big rivalry brewing now between Henderson and Tucson. Um, Henderson will be in Tucson um, for a couple of midweek games, Tuesday, December 14th, and Wednesday the 15th. So it, that quirkiness, yeah. And, Rob, I'm not sure. Do you think it's do you think it's the league that's doing this, or do you think it's teams putting in suggestions, or is it just when they can get their ice slots? Or well, what do you think that is? I, it might be a combination of all of it. I mean, the league sets the schedule. I don't think I don't know how much the teams have a say in it, unless they have things going on with their arena. Uh, you know, like years years ago, and I don't know if they still do with with the circus at Madison Square Garden. The Rangers and Knicks played road games uh, like February, Marches, or some whenever the circus is in town. Maybe they have quirkiness because of their building arrangements. Maybe they have quirkiness because that's the way the league set the schedule. And with the uh, new teams uh, in the West. Uh, in, with Abbotsford and now playing across uh, divisions, maybe that's the way they were able to get the games together. It, it's just a lot of quirkiness. I mean, that seems to be the theme of schedule, not, schedule release night is uh, quirkiness. Okay, and here's what I was talking about with Tucson again. This obviously must be the gem show. Uh, starting Wednesday, January 12th, they'll be um, in San Jose. Um, Saturday the 15th, they will go to Stockton. Wednesday the 19th, they will be at Bakersfield. Saturday the 22nd, they'll be at the Rain. And Sunday the 23rd, they'll be at the Rain. So that's one, two, three, um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, if I'm counting right, that's six consecutive games on the road again in the middle of January, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, sometimes so it depends on how they're playing. I mean, if they're playing poorly and sometimes the road can bond the team, you know, if they're playing well, you know, the, the road could be, you know, your friend when because you're already playing well, you, you're close-knit. You know, so sometimes those long road trips could be tiring. It really depends on, on what they have, how they're doing leading up to that road trip because if, when you're struggling, you're scuffling, sometimes those road trips could be even longer. Yeah, isn't that a fact? Um Okay, so who do we got left? Just the Barracuda, correct? We have the Barracuda and, and Stockton. Have, and Stockton. Okay. Uh, so we're, I'll just uh, break it out real quick. October for the Barracuda, they start Sunday, October 17th, which is the latest of, I think, all the teams. that uh, They all start, seem to be on Friday. They're at Bakersfield, and then they have three straight versus Colorado. Two away and one home. 10-22 and 10-23 away, 10-29 at home. And then the November highlights, as uh, you talked about it earlier, the Texas Stars will visit San Jose on 11-6 and 11-7. Their first trip, San Jose's, that is, trip to Abbotsford, will be 11-12 and 11-14. And then they, have, then they have four straight 
versus the Gulls to end November. They have 11-19, 11-20 at home versus the Gulls, and then Wednesday 11-24 and Friday 11-26 on the road at the Gulls. So, and then December highlights, they have four straight versus Abbotsford. They start the month uh, 12-4 and 12-5 away, and then 12-11 and 12-12, they have Abbotsford at home. Then they have the Colorado Golden Eagles at home on 12-15. Then they play away on 12-21 and 12-22. And then they close December with the Heat, 12-29 and 12-31. And then we go into January. Uh, they have nine home games and two away. That's one of the things that jumped out is that they have so many home games versus away. Uh, they have the Henderson Silver Knights coming into town on January 7th and 8th. Uh, and that will be, strangely enough, the first games versus the Silver Knights. So all the way into January is the first time. Me? I didn't realize that. Quirkiness, that quirkiness yeah. on the schedules. Hey, sometimes, sometimes I bring nuggets to the table. <laughs> <laughs> and we all eat them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then and then February is uh, highlighting uh, the Silver Knights, 2-2 two, two, and 2-3. Two, and then 2-19 and 2-20, uh, they play the Texas Stars. Uh, March highlights, uh, they have three straight road games at Tucson. And, you know, they must have done something wrong to the league. Nobody should have to spend three straight road games in Tucson. <laughs> and uh, so that's March that's 16th, twice. That's twice in one show. <laughs> well, is Paul on yet? He'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and then the April highlights to close the season. They play Henderson four times in the month, and they play Bakersfield three times in the month. They end the season on a three-game road trip, uh, 420 at Bakersfield, and then 423 and 424 at the Henderson Silver Knights, which will be in the Dollar Loan Center building, arena. Yeah, I like that. The, the Dollar <laughs> Loan Center center. How about Sam, that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, – so that's some of the highlights for San Jose's schedule. Uh, and, you know, it's just like I said, it just seems so much when it comes to quirkiness uh, with these schedules. It's just there's no rhyme or reason to any of these schedules. So, yeah, just play the games and let's uh, knock on wood that the, this nasty COVID variant doesn't jump up and cause more havoc with us. We certainly don't need that. I agree. Uh, uh, so a couple of things that we should throw out there last year, of course, the Stockton heat did not participate in the Pacific division, uh, due to the COVID protocol. They just, uh, I believe they played games in Canada with their, uh, with their affiliate. Um, and of course the, uh, the Bakersfield Condors are defending playoff champions, um, in the Pacific division as they beat, uh, Henderson, uh, after Henderson had secured the number one spot in home ice. So, and, and the other thing we talked about quirky, uh, let's go back to that, Rob. That series was played at T-Mobile, right? Right. In between the Knights, uh, the the Golden Knights playoff games. <laughs> Golden Knight, Golden Knights, Silver Knights were playing back and forth on different nights. Yeah, it was. Yes. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, and then, like I said, uh, just to go through some of the places um, where the teams play. If you want to go through and just give our fans that may be listening for the first time or maybe not that familiar with uh, the AHL, go through your teams if you can and let them know, uh, the California teams, where they play their home games. Well, uh, let's start with the Stockton Heat. Uh, wait a minute, my computer's screwing up on me here. Uh, the Stockton Heat are obviously in Stockton, California. Uh, Baker, Baker, is that what you're talking about? Bakersfield Condors play. In Baker, or uh, yeah, like well, they play like in the Stockton Arena in Stockton, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Just go uh, with, the, with the arena, and uh, obviously, if the name is different, uh, if it's a region or whatever, but like Ontario. Ontario doesn't play in Ontario, do they? Uh, they play their home games at the Toyota, Toyota Arena, but they practice at the Toyota Center. <laughs> okay. Okay. See the quirkiness. Let's get this all out. Uh, Tucson Roadrunners, of course, they play at the Tucson Convention Center and also practice at the Tucson Convention Center. The and the Bakersfield. Bakersfield Condors play at Mechanics Bank Arena. And I don't know if you knew this, but we sent Steven there to uh, to see a Henderson-Bakersfield game, and uh, he he got blown away by the noise, and uh, there was no, no fans to speak of, but they had crowd noise so loud, it just about knocked him out of the building. So uh, they can bring it in Bakersfield, no doubt about it. Of course, the Henderson Silver Knights, you want to talk about Quirky? Um, three quarters of the season at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, and uh, a quarter of the season, roughly, um, in their new facility, the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Nevada. And then uh, we have the San Diego Gulls, and honestly, I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying to find Pachanga Arena. That's right. Yeah. Pachanga Pachanga Arena. Arena for the San Diego Goals. And last year they played in Irvine. So yeah. this year they'll, they'll be, be going back home uh, to play their games down in San Diego instead of up in Irvine, which is a nice arena. I mean, And, and for those that don't know, how far is that roughly, Rob, from Irvine to San Diego? Uh, probably about 45 minutes to okay. an hour, depending on traffic. Okay. It could be, it could be more. It could be less, but uh, depending on the time of day and the traffic. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it'd be more convenient, I'm sure, for the goals to play their home games down in San Diego. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> since they're the San Diego Gulls. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, of course, Abbotsford is going to play at the Abbotsford Center. That that's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for them because Vancouver has had their their uh, affiliate so far away for so long. Uh, it's got to be really nice. I mean, I was just looking up when we had Jeff Almer on just how close Abbotsford is to the. Uh, U.S. border, and it's not far, um, with a couple of miles, I think. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. It looks like, uh, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump. So he's gonna. Uh, I'm sure he'll be going back and forth. Okay, and then uh, of course the uh, San Jose Barracuda play it still at the SAP Center, but uh, they're getting a new building too, and I'm not sure when that's going to be ready. I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm trying to get that information. Uh, and and I it's so hard to get any information from as far as the new uh, new building. I'm gonna have to put a call into their uh, their uh, media relations guy and find out when that new building's supposed to be ready. Well, we're cranking up towards the season, so it'll be getting close. Um, yeah, by the time we get rolling. So, have we missed anybody? Did we miss uh, anybody's home facility? I don't think so. I think we got everybody because we started actually with Stockton. So. Well, and once again, you know, we're we're privileged to be able to cover the entire Pacific Division because last season um, it was the only one that went to a playoff part of it. And um, there's just so much talent, Rob, in, in no matter what team you look at, there's talent, no matter whether it was talent that is within their own system or if it's talent that they bring in. But that's the fun, I think, of AHL hockey is the fact that you get both young and old, if you will, um, you look at Bakersfield. I know uh, Brad Malone, the captain there. Um, mm -hmm. He's been around for years. 
I remember him yeah. playing at uh, North Dakota uh, <laughs> way back when. And uh, so you see him, and then you see a kid that just can't finish his college career and jumps in and starts playing right off the get-go. Well, that's that's what uh, has been helping these kids is that they have the veterans. It's not just a bunch of kids thrown together on a team uh, to find their way through this good vet grizzled veterans that could help these kids along the way before they ever step foot in an NHL rink, they're getting, uh, indoctrinated in, uh, professional hockey by some of these veterans and really take, letting, like the Brad Malone's take them under their wing and really show them the ropes. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, the other thing I think it's worth mentioning again to, to maybe fans that are listening, uh, and not familiar with the AHL and the, and the, uh, goals of the AHL they have a two two prong system basically one prong says create and develop talent that we send you from our uh, national hockey league teams and have them ready in case there's a call up because of an injury or whatever and then the second prong is you're playing for your community and you want to win first and foremost i mean um that your your fans want to come out and see a winning hockey program Oh, that, that's that's paramount. You know, in this t- in this day and age, coaches are all judged by W's and L's. And the more W's you have, the more tenure you have. And these fans don't want to come out to see a team lose all the time. So if they're going to keep a minor league team in these cities, they're going to have to put a winning product on the ice. And then the, the flip side of that is, if you perform really well and your team has really well, a lot of those really good players get called up to their uh, – their NHL franchise. I mean, Tucson uh, went through that last year and we had Steve Potvin and we talked about just how difficult that is to continue to put a winning product out there when all of your good players are, are being called up, which is what you want to see also. But, but still you got to explain that to your fan base that, um, you know, somebody's earned a promotion basically. Well, that's the double edged sword is you have these kids that, that the fans want to see, when they get promoted, they get upset because now they can't see them anymore because they're with the big club. So that's that double uh, edge sword I was talking about is that you want to get them promoted, but you don't want to get them promoted too fast, too soon, because then the fans who are coming to see certain players lose those players and hopefully not lose that interest. But if the team starts declining after the, all their players get promoted, it becomes that tough situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, a um, couple of things I want to throw out here, uh, and then we'll just kind of touch on some of the NHL stuff in case there's anything that we missed uh, in that this week. But um, we have our Twitter account. The uh, If you go to AHL underscore ITHSW, that is our dedicated Twitter account for the American Hockey League in the Pacific Division primarily. So we want you to go out there, help us get to our goal of 10,000 uh, followers. We're trying for October 1st. I know it's a lofty goal, but... Um, if every team chips in a few, we can get there. So that's first and foremost. I also wanted to mention on the professional show that I haven't even told you this, but yet, uh, but last night I decided time to add an NHL Twitter account. So NHL underscore ITHSW is now up as well, and uh, that will be where we'll focus on our NHL teams primarily in the uh, Southwest. So just some uh, some news there. Uh, anything on the NHL side of things that uh, that we need to talk about that we've mainly missed over the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, surprisingly, at least from my end, I'm feeling that it's been kind of quiet. Uh, teams are just, you know, cherry picking here and there. You know, last, you know, four, third, fourth line guys. Uh, 
you know, I haven't heard much from the, on the Kings side of things. I haven't heard much from the Ducks side of things. Uh, I mean, it's eerily quiet uh, right before uh, training camps are set to open, what, in a couple of weeks. So, I don't know. I just think it's the quiet before the storm. What are you hearing? Well, one thing that caught my eye was the top remaining NHL unrestricted free agents, which include uh, Chara, Parisi, and Dubnik right at the top. Um, Parisi, uh, did you say? Yeah. Zach Didn't he Parisi's, sign already? He has not He's... signed. Ryan Suter signed with Dallas. No, I know, but I thought but I read Parisi last week that he had signed with the Islanders. No? Well, well I'm, just looking at, I'm just looking at August 6th, and okay. uh, as of then, he had not. Um, so, and, and neither has, uh, Devin Dubnik, who a lot of people were thinking is going to be a pretty, uh, solid, uh, uh, goaltender out there. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Of course, Jason Demers, uh, with the Coyotes. I don't know if he's picked up a contract yet. I don't believe so. Uh, James Neal still out there with, uh, was released by the, uh, Edmonton Oilers. So you're looking at a lot of guys that are older, uh, uh, up in the years, when I say older, I mean in the 30s. But uh, it, it's kind of strange when you see some of these players, right? Well, you know, it's the older, slower players. I mean, James Neal was never fleet of foot. It's the guys that will struggle in this day and age in, in the NHL uh, playing a full game. They're not going to be able to keep up with some of these speed guys, especially some – James Neal's a big, you know, bruising winger that could, you know has a heavy shot from the wing. You know, and he's up there in age. If he's if he's not playing on the power play, he's not going to get a lot of minutes. He's just that's part of his career right now. I, it's just you know one of those situations where the older veterans have a hard time. They'll get probably those professional tryout contracts the, at the start of training camp. They'll try to make the team that way. That's that's what happens at this stage in guys' career, the early to mid thirties of guys who aren't fleet of foot. Yeah, that's uh, that's 100 percent of truth right there. Um, the other thing, of course, is the Jack Eichel um, saga, which is hanging <laughs> out there still. Nobody knows what's going on there. Have you heard anything on that front? I have not heard anything right now. I think it's just teams are waiting and seeing. Anybody who had an interest, like the Rangers, are just dri- driving the price down. They're not the, the Sabers are trying to treat it like, oh, well, we'll be able to get. Uh, heavy amount for him when we want to trade him. And other teams are going, you know what? He's damaged goods until he gets that surgery and until we know he can play again, we're not offering you anything. And you should have taken the deal when you had a chance. And now it's only going to get, it's going to be less of a deal. That's uh, everything I'm reading on Twitter and whatnot is that the price is going down right now. And uh, Adams is really getting grilled uh, by Sabre fans on, on Twitter all over the place. So, so in your estimation, what does that mean, Rob? Does that mean he's going to get moved for a lesser price soon? Or does that mean that he's going to be a saber and they're going to have to get him healed uh, before they move him? Unless, unless Adams is willing to take a, you know, 40 cents, 50 cents on the dollar type of deal. I don't see anybody making a deal until they know he's healthy. Why would you, unless you, unless you know, you could get him for a steal and rehab him, do the surgery and rehab him, why else would you do it? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one as well. Um, so a couple things to throw out there. Uh, the Coyotes, we know, uh, we had, well, let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights. We had Ken uh, Bolke on with us the other night and uh, uh, a recent show, last show, I guess. And, and Ken was pretty uh, 
diehard that he thinks that the Vegas Golden Knights are actually a better team right now. Not by much, he said, but but better right now than they were at the end of last season. Well, you you hope that uh, Leonard could pick up the slack where Flurry would have been able to help out. Uh, he wasn't a big fan of Reeves, uh, so that's a addition by subtraction. Uh, you know, they become faster. They become uh, a little less physical, but they have a little bit more scoring because whoever replaces Reeves on that fourth line will probably have a little bit more scoring touch. Uh, to, uh, I don't know. I, 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 anytime you lose a, the face of a franchise, I, I think that it takes some time to recoup from that, and I don't see them being as better, honestly. He knows them more in depth. Do you think they're better? I have a hard time believing that they're better when you get rid of a, a Vesna winning a goaltender. <laughs> And, and I said it last year, and a lot of people fought me on it, uh, was that you have way too much money um, tied up in goaltenders, which on paper, yes, you had way too much money tied up in goaltenders. But uh, every time we got to the playoffs, what did we say? Goaltending wins your games, right? Yep. Uh, so if you have two great goaltenders and you get rid of one of them, how do you get better by that? And I, I, I think I don't know. And I think Leonard can do the job, but – what happens if Robin Leonard needs a break or gets hurt? Um, is your backup ready to do that, ready to stand up and do it? Because I don't think the backup they have right now um, is really that guy, but that's my opinion. Um, I want to quickly talk about the uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes as well because we all know about the exodus. All three of their goaltenders are gone. Their captain, Oliver Ekman Larson, was gone. Um, Connor Garland uh, signed elsewhere. Um and um, they lost a bunch of players. So that means they're going to open up the doors uh, for some young kids. And a couple of them well, that I've uh, known a little bit about is Yanni Enik. He's a uh, uh, great young talent that uh, was just tearing it up for the Tucson Roadrunners. He figures to get a shot. Uh, Victor Soderstrom, a, trop, a draft pick of the uh, Coyotes a couple of years ago, uh, a Swedish product that played a lot in Tucson this year. Looks to get a shot. And here's the interesting piece. Um, they're pretty young, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, their first-round pick, an 18-year-old, number nine overall, Dylan Gunther. Is he going to make that roster? Are they going to bring up an 18-year-old, or are they going to send him down for a little while? I think he's going to have every shot to win a spot during during camp. And if they feel that he's it's a little bit too fast of a game for him at this time, they'll send him down. But I think that you know they shipped all these players out for a reason. And that's to give these kids a chance. And that's the double-edged sword with the, with the Coyotes. Okay, quirkiness of the scheduling and double-edged sword. That's that's the uh, theme <laughs> for, the, for this show. Because if the Coyotes, think about it. If these kids come out of the gate on fire, how long until the Coyotes trade them? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You just had to go there. <laughs> I did. And since we're, since we're on goaltenders and how important goaltenders are, there are three signings of goaltenders uh, – in the last day or so. Carter Hart, I don't understand this, gets a three-year, $11.9 million deal from the Flyers. Samsonov, yes, that one that went to the crack and then went back to the Capitals, gets a one-year, $2 million <laughs> deal. And the biggest one, actually, out of all of them, is just Sturkin agrees to a four-year contract with the Rangers. Uh, so... Goaltender wins championships. Three goaltenders just signed in the last couple of days. 
Yeah, I hear you. Okay, final thing on the Coyotes, just so people know, because a lot of things here in Arizona have been circulating around. Uh, will we know anybody that's back on the roster? Currently, you will know Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Barrett Hayton, Christian Dvorak, and Phil Kessel. That's where we stand today. So um, get familiar with your rosters and your <laughs> player numbers and names because that's what it's going to be in Arizona this year. But who knows, you know? I mean, uh, I'm looking at a, a projected lineup right now, and this is what they're going to throw out there, it looks like. Uh, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Kessel, Barrett Hayton, Christian Dvorak, Christian Fisher, Lawson Kraus, Johan Larson, and Dmitry Yaskin. Um, so, and they haven't even talked about uh, Zingle, uh, Beagle, and Roussel, who they picked up in the trade for Oliver Lechman Larson, or at least mo- most of them. Um, Jacob Chickren's still around. Uh, Connor, Tim- I should have started with him because everybody knows Jacob Chickren. Uh, and Connor Timmons looked to be a pairing. Uh, Shane Gostaspier and Ilya Labushkin uh, kind of shocked me on that one. Anton Strahlman and uh, Victor Soderstrom uh, in the lineup for the Coyotes. So, is Louis Anderson healthy? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, he's he's. I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. Okay. Was, final it, final thing on the. Go ahead. No, I was going to say because I would think that he would be an interesting player for the Coyotes if he is healthy. Yeah, I don't see him on their projected lineup. Uh, I'm looking at it in the NHL site, so who knows. Okay, um, final thing I want to throw out there. We will get some more information by next week, I promise, on the uh, uh, upcoming rookie tournament, if you will, or rookie camp, uh, jam, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, coming in Arizona. So that's the uh, mostly the AHL affiliates uh, will be playing uh, here in Arizona, Gila River Arena. So we'll get some dates and times for you on that. We do know. September 15th is the rookie opening day, and September 22nd is the NHL veterans opening day. So we're not far away, Rob. Well, one other thing that was sent to me by our friend Paul Hornstein earlier today was Miami of Florida quarterback Eric King signs NIL deal with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there because uh, once we get Paul going on the NIL, look out. Uh, so, well, well I, just, I just figured he sent it to me. I might as well use it because it's, might as it's, well. It's a floor. It's an NHL team getting involved yeah. with the local college, which is yeah. kind of interesting. Very interesting. It's uh, yeah, it's it's craziness out there. There's no doubt about it. Okay, my friend, take it away. I will take it away. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at dd.com. Boost Mobile, where all the plans include mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs, on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, There's so many delicious choices, it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. 
refine your drive with M Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey, Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. We'll ask you to join us again next Monday night for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. We'll get back into the swing of things, start bringing some more guests back on and uh, talking more professional hockey in the Southwest as we creep ever so close to the start of the new season. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.